Welcome to the Simply Christ podcast, your podcast dedicated to making Jesus our spiritual master and exploring and experiencing the spiritual realm. Please make sure to subscribe, share with your friends. Also check out our YouTube channel with the name Simply Christ as well. And uh, check out our website too at simplychrist.org. That's simplychrist.org. Just a couple of housekeeping notes. I want to announce that we are working on having a nonprofit status here with Simply Christ and also setting up a place where people can donate. The reason we ask for that is we, as anybody knows, who, especially those of you who are my friends, you know that I like to travel to different parts across the world and hold discipleship training in very remote parts of Asia, especially also in Europe, but in Asia, especially where you have a lot of tribal groups in the in the mountains and hills who have never had any teaching whatsoever. Whatever they can get is just a great blessing to them. So I really enjoy going to those places and providing them with any type of teaching that we can provide them in any type of teaching they can have. So uh, we're working on getting that as well. Also setting up some merchandise. So for instance, you could have a Simply Christ t-shirt, a cap, a sweater, all kinds of different things that you can maybe give as a gift and uh, help support this. But we'll have more more on that later on as we develop it. Just want to kind of plant that seed that uh, we will have that nonprofit status. So let's jump into it right now. The last episode, we looked at developing a spiritual mindset. So let's jump in now to part two, developing that spiritual mindset. Like we said last week, we discussed the entire message of the Bible is about the spiritual life. Also, how we're called to be spiritual and not intellectual. In other words, we are not to approach our salvation or what we define as being closeness to God with how much we know intellectually. In other words, how much knowledge we have in terms of chapters, verses, books, historical facts, theological arguments and constructs. And while those are good and and of themselves are okay, Uh, That does not necessarily mean that we have a close relationship with God, because God is spirit, and he is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, and spirit and in truth are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. It's not about worship services as it is about a lifestyle. Anybody can tell God how great he is, and then as soon as they walk out the church building doors, they're back to living Uh, an old lifestyle or living a lifestyle that that is not producing the spiritual fruit. God is not sitting in a church building waiting for us to tell him how great he is so we can walk outside that church building and not act like we're supposed to. And he's also not a God who judges us on the content of our intellectualism. That would mean that intellectuals who know more about scriptures or scripture or writing, therefore, are closer to God. That's not what this is. But today what we're going to do is discuss some of the steps we can take to begin that viewing our life in more of a spiritual way. And how do we how do we live that way? How do we develop a spiritual mindset? You know, it's very easy to talk about something and say something is not something. Well, how about discussing what it really is? Again, simply believing in Jesus doesn't make us a spiritual person. Even 
Just simply believing he is the Son of God doesn't make us spiritual. I can believe that George Washington existed, but that doesn't mean that I know George Washington. I can know that the President of the United States is the President of the United States but it, and know everything about him and know where he was born and his beliefs and his thoughts and ideas. But if I was to walk up to the president and say, hey, I know all about you, he's going to look at me and say, well, that's nice, but I have no idea who you are. And that should bring some scriptures to mind where Jesus says to people who walk to him on that last day or go to him on those last days and say, but Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? But did we not do all these wonderful things in your name? And our father says, depart from me. I do not know who you are, just because we know and we teach certain aspects of Christ or the spiritual life or believe certain aspects does not mean that we have that closeness or that connection or that close relationship, that close fellowship. And that's important because this is all about fellowship, not just relationship, but fellowship. And the spiritual life is about fellowship. I had a friend of mine describe it very well one time, and he says, oh, a relationship with God is not the issue. The fellowship is. In other words, he was saying that I have a relationship as a son, but do I have any fellowship with my father? There are many people who have a relationship. They have a father. In other words, they know who their father is, but there has not been any fellowship since they have seen their father many decades ago. So relationship and fellowship are two different things. Um, it's about fellowship. We need to have that fellowship with Christ. Many people go to church and believe Jesus to be God, but that doesn't mean that they are spiritually minded. There are many preachers who are that way. There are many other people who sit in Bible studies and conduct Bible studies and even discipleship seminars and leadership seminars in the name of Jesus. But it does not necessarily mean that they're in fellowship with the Spirit, the, the Spirit himself, the Father, Abba, the Father God, the Creator of all mankind. That is what the relationship and the fellowship as a Christian means. That's what a spiritual Christian is. It's about fellowship, not just relationship or knowing about. It's not intellectually. Reading the scriptures does not make us spiritual either. The early Jews understood the importance of knowing the Torah. In fact, I was reading about how young Jewish boys, when they were growing up, were required to memorize the first four or five books. I think it was the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament before they were the age of 10 or 12, right around that time frame. Now, now imagine that for a second. These were young men who were memorizing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They were memorizing it by the age of 10 or 12. They, they knew those things. Those same boys, as I understand it, and some of you may correct, correct me on wrong, but by the time they were 12 years old, the best of the best, in other words, those were who were chosen by, would be chosen by a rabbi, those who were the best of the best of 
those who were being taught were picked by a rabbi, and that rabbi would teach them other aspects of the spiritual life or the Judaistic lifestyle. They would take that and be very, very honored to be chosen by a rabbi. And it was very easy to not get picked. In fact, it was very difficult to be picked. Most did not make the cut. But Jesus says, anybody who comes to me, I'm your rabbi, come follow me. He was giving the invitation that anybody could be his disciple who wanted to be. It wasn't just by invitation only. It was to all those. But if you took that route, there was a cost more than just following and uh, learning about. It's about putting those into practice and thinking them and, and learning them. We'll talk about this more in a, in a discipleship lesson, but I remember at a railway station in India, I believe it was New Delhi, I remember one time there was a man, and he was a guru. In other words, guru just simply means teacher in that language, in the Indian language, and even in Nepalese. And on a side note, let me just break away from a side note here, but I remember one time I was teaching, and one of the translators, I used the word teacher, and he said guru. And I stopped in the middle, and the audience just kind of stopped and looked at me like, what's going on? I turned to my translator, and I said, what did you say? He said, well, guru. And I said, well, a guru, what what'd you, say, what'd you say that for? And he said, guru, it means teacher. And I go, oh, okay, I did not know that. And and it, it stuck with me, and we had a discussion about it later. And that, that's very, very interesting. So anyways, just a little bit of a side note on that. This individual on the train platform was a guru, a teacher, and he had about six people who were following him. And he laid out a blanket on the train platform and laid down. And when he did, all his followers, all six of them, laid their blanket down and laid down also. And when he set up, they set up. And I was watching this, and I was intrigued. And it dawned on me they were doing everything their master was doing. They were mimicking the practices of their master. I found it quite fascinating that when he ate, they ate. When he stopped eating, they stopped eating, which really should give us an idea of what it means to have a master. And that's what the purpose of this channel is for, simply Christ. It's all about simply making Christ our master. And we do the things he does. Jesus himself said, I only do the things, and I'm paraphrasing, I only do the things that my father directs me to do. I only do those things my father does. And that is our mindset that we should be doing. That's the mark of a true spiritually minded person. It's about understanding and being in such close fellowship with our Father, such close fellowship with Jesus, such close fellowship with the Spirit, the Father, Jesus, living within us and guiding us and directing us toward a spiritual mindset, one in which we Reveal the truths of the kingdom, the hidden truths, the, the mystery of the kingdom, mysterious to those who don't know about the kingdom. It does not make sense to them, yet we reveal those, and we discover more truths. We discover the deeper insights into the hidden realms and that spiritual realm, the eternal realms that are vast and wide and much greater than anything we have in the universe. The spiritual world is vast. It's mysterious. It's deeper. It's stranger. It's more mysterious than we could ever even begin to understand. Yet we condense it into 
little sayings or we put it into simple ways, simplistic ways, I should say, because it is simple. It's simply following Jesus, but it is a very deep concept, so deep we will never understand it in the fullness of our life. All we can do is strive to understand it more, not just so we can stand before God and say, look, Jesus, look, God, how much I know, but the fact that the more we dig into the mysteries and live in the mysteries of everything around us, the closer we become to our Father, the more we see God working in every little thing in our life and in the lives of others and in what is taking place in the world around us. There are so many who discuss traveling to different planets, going to Mars and setting up a a colony there. We think about how incredible that would be. Yes, that would be amazing. But just think, the spiritual realm is so much deeper than that. So much deeper, so much vast. It's more vast, more mysterious. What is lurking beyond, just around us, beyond our five senses? What is lurking around us that we don't see, that our Father maybe keeps hidden, or is inviting us to look into and to explore, but yet our own stubbornness, our own ego, our own selfish desires, our intellectual pride keeps us from going deeper because if we do, we're afraid it might crumble our worldview. It might take something that we thought was right and destroy it and leave us feeling empty. But in reality, Jesus says we have to empty ourselves and he will fill us up with truth and that is living that spiritual life. So what can we do to develop more of that spiritual mindset? Well, first of all, number one, we have to evaluate our scripture from a spiritual viewpoint. Many times we have built our view of scripture on a wrong foundation for many years. There are many people in their 70s, 80s, and maybe even 90s who have concepts and ideas that keep them from going deeper into that spiritual world that spiritual realm, that deeper and closer fellowship with the Father and the spiritual life that is around us. There are many times I have changed my views. I've had to look and to examine and re-examine and find out that there are many things I was wrong about, and there are things I'm still wrong about. I will die knowing things that I think or thinking things that I think are correct, when in reality they're not. Yet, when we open ourselves up to explore and look at things more in the spiritual way or spiritual worldview, we start building a foundation on the spiritual life. God reveals to us more of what truth is. Yet, I will warn you, it will shake your foundation. It will shake you. It will make you stop and think that, hey, is this right? And it will keep you up at night, and you will wonder, is this true? Is it right? What does it mean? Does that mean that what I believed may be wrong? It might be, or it might dovetail into even deeper truth. The person who searches, they will find because Jesus promises you will find and that we will find. So we have to look on our scripture in a spiritual worldview. The things that were written in Genesis, Exodus, all the way to the end of Revelation— are revealed to us and described in ways we can't understand. Now, some of my friends, some of you listeners in maybe the Middle East or in Asia, 
will understand this maybe a little bit better than what maybe some of us, not all, but some of us in the West will. We must understand that Scripture, Genesis, all the way through to the end, were written to people of Middle Eastern and Eastern descent who tend to look at worldviews and reality in a different way, speaking in metaphors, speaking in analogies, not necessarily speaking in literal things, ways of describing events, people, and beings in ways that we can't understand. And what happens is we sometimes develop a worldview that's based on a literal interpretation of things. And unfortunately, that causes issues in other parts of our study of the Scripture. And we have to do backbends and side twists. And if you've ever played that game Twister, we we do spiritual twister, trying to just connect dots and make them work. When in reality, maybe we need to go back and look at how we're interpreting things in the first place. There are some resources that you can check it on the website at simplychrist.org. Check the resources tab, and there is a link there to Dr. Michael Heiser, who makes some great arguments on his website uh, for the spiritual world and ways of interpreting Scripture, especially the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, in a different way based on how the worldview of that day was. And it's an eye-opener, and it, I promise you it will take you to different ways of thinking and closer to God if we use it in the spiritual sense and not just an intellectual sense. So be prepared to change our views on something. Do not be afraid. But the only way we can explore that realm is if we are willing to take the things that we once to believe and make them or change them and take them and turn them into a different way and perhaps discard them or modify them to fit what is really being said. And that's difficult. I have family members who are very strict in their ways of thinking, and they admit that what they believe causes great problem for their view, and they have difficulty in making scriptures connect in the right way and in the correct way, but yet they are not about to let go of that worldview, even though that worldview is not correct and it will not take them to anything deeper. So be prepared to evaluate and to change and to be open-minded, not so open-minded that our brains fall out of our head, but open-minded to the things that maybe that will take us into a deeper and closer relationship with the spiritual realm, one in which we can go into any part of the world or any situation and be at peace, be content. That's why Paul said, I can be content either whether I'm poor or rich, whatever situation, in freedom or in prison, I can be content. Why? Because he lived in a spiritual worldview. We tend to look at Scripture, unfortunately, in an historical or legalistic viewpoint, and we look at scriptures more as to, is it okay to do this or is it wrong to do this? Is this right or is this wrong? And it becomes legalistic. And there's much more than that. It, it Scriptures, it describes a world in terms of what is happening in the unseen realm. We have to look at it that way. Much of what we find in Scripture was written in a way to explain to people of that day of what is really taking place in the spiritual realm, and they drew concepts and ideas from other worldviews and put them into ways of describing who God really is. 
The Old Testament and the New Testament is very much like that. There, There is so much that is hidden. Well, I should not say hidden, and I don't mean hidden in the sense that we have to have special knowledge. No, no, don't look at it that way. But it's hidden because our own pride keeps us from seeing it. So evaluate scripture from a spiritual viewpoint. Number two, evaluate life from a spiritual perspective, not just a world of demons, angels, and the such. And there are many evangelicals especially that tend to look at everything from whether there's a demon involved. A man one time told me that there is a demon behind every tree, and there's fortunately not as many trees as what we think there are. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. Yes, there are demons behind every tree, but not as many trees as what we think there are. If there's a flat tire, it must mean there's a demon of flat tires. And everybody looks at the world in terms of demonic forces or that there's an angel over here. That's not necessarily the spiritual realm I'm talking about. I'm not saying there's not demonic forces or angelic forces. Of course there are. Paul talks about them. It's all very prevalent through the Old and New Testament. However, if we just look at the spiritual life in terms of demons and angels. We're missing on the gift that God is giving us, that gift of developing the spiritual fruit of joy, peace, love, patience, faithfulness, self-control, and love. Those are the true spiritual foundations of life. And how do we develop them? How do we have a closeness with this God, this Jesus, the Spirit who will communicate and speak to us. Yes, imagine God speaking to us, with us, and having a conversation with him. So evaluate life, scriptures from a spiritual viewpoint. Number three, spend time in the spiritual realm. We're going to talk about this at a later time and how we can do this, but one of the most important ways of doing this is about prayer and meditation. Now, I know many people think of meditation as sitting in some type of a position with your hands in a certain position, repeating a mantra, and that is meditation. And I know some people who do that, but the meditation I'm talking about is the one that David writes, or the writers of the Psalms, I should say, about meditate on these scriptures, put them in your heart. And that's the kind of meditation. We think about those things. They go into our minds. We listen and we hear from God. He speaks to us. We converse with him. And we can have a conversation with God. We can talk with him in the sense of a conversation like a person has with a friend sitting in a car. I think many people never consider that. I think they think of having a relationship with God or spending time in the spiritual realm as just reading a Bible or just thinking upon things. It's deeper than that. It's about holding that conversation with God and spending time in that. And again, we will discuss that in later podcasts, upcoming podcasts, and how to hear from God. In fact, that's probably going to be our next one is how can we hear from God? How can we hear from the creator of the universe? And how do we know it's him? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they know it's me. Well, how can we know that? How can we know that it is him speaking to us? There's ways of doing that. So again, those three things I want you to think about as we wrap up. Number one, evaluate scripture from a spiritual viewpoint. Evaluate life from a spiritual perspective and spend time in the spiritual realm. And when we do those, we are on a journey, a fantastic journey 
to understanding more of who God is, not understanding who he is, but knowing him as our father, as our master, as our best friend. Imagine knowing the creator of the universe, not that you know of him or know about him, but you know him and he speaks to you. Remember to subscribe and share. Check out our YouTube channel as well as our website, simplychrist.org. That's simplychrist.org. Until next time, God bless. Mm -hmm.